Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported. That means we truly depend on you in order to bring this resource to you. If you don't already support us financially, you could do so. Visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. You'll see our three friendly yellow buttons there. One says donate. The other says join our crew. The other says become a patron. Click on one of them and fill that out. If you'd like to support us the traditional way, you can make your gift payable to Fighting for the Faith and send it to Post Office Box 13344, Grand Forks, North Dakota, zip code 58208. And let me thank you for your support. We truly cannot do what we are doing here without it. It's time for another edition of Fighting for the Faith. Thursday, January 10th, 2019. theme today (laughs) Uh, unless the theme is like utter insanity I think that's the glue that holds every one of these segments together Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Rosebro. I am your servant in Jesus Christ, and this is the program that dishes up a daily dose of biblical discernment, the goal of which, help you to think biblically, help you to think critically, and help you to slow down, stop, open up your Bible, and compare. Compare what people are saying in the name of God to the Word of God. No shortage of crazy things being said out there. And we take the time to open up God's Word to compare and contrast what the most popular pastors, preachers, teachers, conference speakers, self-proclaimed prophets, prophetesses, (laughs) self-appointed apostles and apostolates, and those generally put forward by the evangelical industrial complex as those whom we need to be listening to, whose books apparently we need to be buying, and whose small group curricula we should be studying instead of the Word of God. Yeah, weird how that works, isn't it? Over again, we demonstrate that the steady diet of doctrine that's uh, put forward, doctrine is teaching, by the way, that's really what it is, uh, that's put forward for consumption by the average evangelical, yeah, it's just pig slop. It's, It's far from biblical, far from what God's Word says. And we help you to figure that out. We, you know, we, this is, uh, so over and again, I'll, I say this and I'll continue to say it. Here's how this works. Ready? Don't give me the benefit of the doubt. I don't need you to listen to Fighting for the Faith with an open mind. Nope, not at all. You just need to listen with an open Bible. Now, (laughs) some of the things that we cover on Fighting for the Faith, and I'm looking at what we'll be covering here today, uh, falls into the category as uh, absurd on its face, like not even remotely biblical at all. Uh, So, you know... We kind of throw that in there, sometimes for comic relief, sometimes to weep. I mean, weeping, unfortunately, is becoming a major part of this. And, and uh, as I like to say, there is nothing great about the great apostasy, like nothing great about it at all. It's horrifying. You know, God sends a strong delusion, according to Second Thessalonians. And wow, that delusion is super-de-duper strong so that, you know, 
people are believing stuff that is from Cuckoo Banana Town as if it's coming from heaven. And there's no way on earth that it's coming from heaven. All right, let's talk about what we're going to do on this installment of Fighting for the Faith. Like I said, no theme today, unless the theme is Cuckoo Banana Town. Um, So uh, we're going to start with a Prophecy Open Mic segment. And this will make its way onto YouTube because, (laughs) just because. You know, this is a segment that we've covered over and again here at Fighting for the Faith. We head down to Glory of Zion where... The Apostle, you have to put Apostle in air quotes, Chuck Pierce holds court. And um, and there at Glory of Zion, they regularly open up the mic, but the background for what is going on at these open mics looks like a collision between a carnival, a zoo, um, a high school tall flag team, um, maybe... You know, some native dancers from some exotic location. I mean, it's just total chaos and utter pandemonium. And uh, yeah, it shows you how strong the strong delusion is. And so we'll be listening to <laughs> kind of two different videos uh, from the Glorious Zion TV website. Um, uh, one is titled, Many Conflicts on the Horizon, and then the other one is titled... I am meeting you at your Gideon place. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I did not know I had a Gideon place, but apparently God's going to be meeting me there. <sighs> and uh, <laughs> we will continue with the pandemonium as we head down to um, Glory City Church out in Brisbane in uh, Australia as we listen to Catherine Runala explain to us the season of divine acceleration. Yeah, this is just one of those standard pablum charismatic words that shows up in so-called prophetic words that don't mean nothing, which is one of the reasons why it is acceleration is one of the words we've been using for a long time with our uh, prophecy bingo cards. Uh, then uh, then we'll uh, listen to Ken Copeland in his 2019 uh, prophecy, f- uh, you know, that, uh, you know, gosh, the, Kenneth Copeland just like gives me the heebie-jeebies. I mean, when I watch him, I feel like I'm watching somebody who's demonically possessed. It's And he's going to be channeling God the Holy Spirit in... Uh, in this so-called prophecy. And uh, then to round out hour number one, we'll be listening to Joel Osteen and his message (laughs) titled, Kiss It Goodbye. And, oh, wait till you hear what he does with the story of Ruth and Naomi. I'm just... Actually, this is the story of Naomi and Orpah. And uh, you've never heard one... Uh, a telling of this story like this. It's jaw-droppingly wow bad. I mean, I have no no belief whatsoever that uh, Joel Osteen is a Christian. There's no way. <laughs> Not with how he handles Scripture. And hour number two, uh, we're going to be uh, listening to Matt Sorger and his sermon titled Living from the Third Heaven. So, 
That will be today's episode of Fighting for the Faith. Strongly recommend you make yourself comfortable. Uh, in this particular case, I probably should give a warning before we get into the segment because these prophecy open mics, like I said, they're cuckoo banana town. So uh, let's do this and then we'll uh, get into it. Warning, fighting for the faith can be dangerous to your health. Listening with caution is strongly urged while doing any of the following activities. Operating heavy, deadly equipment, playing Farmville, or any time-wasting, brain-numbing activity. For sudden awakening at the sound of a particularly stupid isogetical statement could cause neck strain. Drinking liquids, drinking hot liquids, having liquids too nearby, not having any liquids nearby. The following medical conditions have been known to occur while listening to Fighting for the Faith. Cranial keyboard embedment syndrome, sinew nasal liquid spewment disorder, steering wheel pounding clenched fist strain, continual gaping dry mouth atosis, and frustrative disbelief brain explosion. Please take proper precautions. Drinking straws, padding, and duct tape are recommended. All right, hope you're sitting down. Let's use this as our uh, music for this segment. I'm a nut. I'm a nut. My life don't ever get in a rut. The head on my shoulders is sore loose. And I ain't got since God gave a goose. Lord, I ain't crazy, but I'm a nut. Is it wetter underwater if you're there when it rains? Is it shorter to New York than it is by plane? Between myself and I, I wonder who's the dumber. Is it hotter down south than it is in the summer? I'm a nut. I'm a nut. My life don't ever get in a rut. My shoulders is sour loose And I ain't got since God gave a goose Lord, I ain't crazy, but I'm a nut all right, so uh, we're heading over to Gloria Zion. Hope you're sitting down. You've been warned and all that kind of stuff. We'll start with um, many conflicts on the horizon. The Apostle Chuck Pierce himself <laughs> claimed that this is a prophetic word, and it's like, all you have to do is watch the news, and it's like, really? Yeah, <laughs> this is a prophetic word from God. I could have figured this out with any kind of prophetic Holy Spirit intervention. So, uh <clears throat> To the biblical text first, before we uh, actually get to the glory of Zion open mic. Second <clears throat> Thessalonians 2, uh, starting at verse 1. Context, context, context. And I need to make the Greek a little bit bigger. That's uh, a little too small for me to read. All right. Now, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together to him, we ask you, brothers, not to be quickly uh, shaken in mind or alarmed, either by a spirit or a spoken word or a letter seeming to be from us to the effect that the that the day of the Lord has already come. So let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first and then the man of lawlessness is revealed. By the way, the, the Greek word for rebellion is over here. It's apostasia, apostasia. So if you ever heard prophecies regarding the great apostasy, yeah, that's what that's, that's referring to. So, in the days immediately before the return of Christ, just cuckoo banana town, you know, total rebellion against Christ, his word, his authority, and all this kind of stuff. Peter describes it as a time when false prophets are going to be 
all over the place, and I think you'll kind of see that. But anyway, so the day of the Lord will not happen unless the rebellion comes first or the apostasy comes first, and the man of lawlessness is revealed who is the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship. Yeah, that's talking about the Antichrist. So that so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God, so do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things, and now you know what is restraining him now so that he may be revealed in his time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains it will do so until he's out of the way. So there's going to be a restraining put on the, the uh, lawlessness until right before Christ returns. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth, bring to nothing by the appearing of his coming, and... You know, we all sit there and go, yay. Now, here's what Paul prophesies that you need to be looking for. Ready? Here we go. The coming of the lawless one, a.k.a. the Antichrist, is by the uh, activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders. You know, like leg lengthening and stuff like that. Or the healing of diseases that nobody can see. You know, think of... You know, Benny Hinn and the, the televangelists, right? Uh, so the coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Therefore, God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false in order that all may condemn who did not believe the truth but had pleasure and unrighteousness. So lawlessness, false signs, false wonders, false prophets, and a strong delusion. Well, I don't think you can mix a stronger drink of delusion than what it is you are about to see. We are heading to Glory of Zion. This is a Prophecy Open Mic segment. Hope you're sitting down, because here we go. And I say to you, many conflicts on the horizon... Over the next three months, you will protect your ears, protect your eyes, protect what you're listening to. I say there will be many conflicts. There will be conflicts of political nature. There will be conflicts in the arena of religion. There will be conflicts. Conflicts in the uh, political arena. In the, in the arena of religion. No way. It's been so peaceful. <laughs> and then you got like, you know, the Democrats here in the United States winning the House of Representatives while the Republicans hanging on to Congress. Of course, Donald Trump is in the presidency. And so you sit there and go, no. Guess what? I got an inside scoop from God himself. Are you ready? Political conflict is coming in 2019. <laughs> no. You don't say. And notice the complete pandemonium there in the background. We continue, though. Yeah, you know, well, this is quite, quite the prophetic word. I mean, I, I wouldn't have been able to be prepared for what's coming otherwise. Over economic structures, I say to you, nations will accuse other nations. So I say, protect your ears, 
protect your eyes and do not enter into opinions quickly. I say, allow me to form the truth in you over these next three months and allow me to put the words in your mouth that you need to decree. All right. Yeah. Okay. Like, what's with the bow staffs? You know, they're, you know, yeah. are they practicing martial arts there? Well, yeah, prophetic martial arts, art dancing kind of thing. Now, what, what, <sighs> were they summoning a demon? What is going on there? Uh, let's uh, <clears throat> listen to part of the next one titled, I'm meeting you at your Gideon place. By the way, they, they, people of the charismatic movement will tell you that's tongues. That ain't tongues. Tongues is actually speaking a language you've never studied. Yeah, on the day of Pentecost, you know, the, the, the Holy Spirit falls and people hear the proclamation of Christ and the glory of, of God in their own languages. This is exactly what is forbidden in Scripture. In fact, I should point that out where this is forbidden in First Corinthians fourteen, and you'll you'll remember if you know if you know your Bible that First Corinthians twelve, thirteen, and fourteen have to do with the gifts of the Spirit and their operation within the church. So, um, so the idea then is is that there are there are limitations, there are actual prohibitions on how to operate in the valid gift of tongues, which would be the supernatural ability to speak in a language that you've never studied, and you may not even know what it is that you're saying, so you need somebody to interpret. So uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 26 says, What then, brothers, when you come together, uh, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. If any speak in a tongue, let there be only two, or at the most three, and then each in turn, and then let somebody interpret. If there is no one to interpret, let each of them keep silent in church and speak to himself and God. Yeah, no uh, speaking in tongues without an interpreter, two at the most, three, one at a time kind of thing here. And you'll note that uh, one of the hallmarks of today's charismatic and charismatic churches is they don't abide by these prohibitions. They are lawless, right? So, all right, whatever this woman is doing <clears throat> that has the microphone, she's not supposed to be doing that, you know? It looks like she's passing a kidney stone. What is going on there? Maybe she's giving birth without an epidural. The Lord says that this is a season of extending and where you have threshed in your own self, your reach is not long enough for this season. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is word salad. <laughs> There's no salad dressing for this word salad. All right. So, um, <laughs> so when you've threshed within yourself, your reach isn't long enough. Mm-hmm. Blue sleeps faster than Tuesday. Yeah. 
So the Lord says, know that I have sent threshing angels into the earth to extend your reach into the field. Yeah, those threshing angels are going to, you know, help you you extend your reach and stuff. To extend your reach into the nations. And the Lord says, as you partner with the threshing angels, I am causing your strength. I am causing your strength. I am causing your strength and your intermediary positioning to enlarge and to open up. And the Lord says, no, that this is a time where I am am meeting you at your Gideon place where you have hidden from your enemy in fear. The Lord says, this is a time that I am causing you to come from fear into future. So know that your future has a portion and in the portion of the strengthening and in the portion of the... So my future has a portioning. And in the portion, there's a strengthening. Right. Yeah. Clear as mud there. Yeah, when you read, like, the Old Testament prophets, you know, like Isaiah, Amos, Micah, Jeremiah, they're really lucid when they speak. Hmm. This guy, hmm, not so much. Stretching. I am calling you in to a new level and a new field and a new harvest. So the Lord says, partner, 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 partner. How many partners is he looking for? Partner, 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 partner with the threshing angels. Yeah, you, you got to, you know partner with the threshing angels let's come back to the original one see if we can make sense of this put your words in my mouth put your words in my mouth put your words in my mouth and i will speak <laughs> what is this back here uh let's go back to second thessalonians just double checking our biblical text here therefore god sends them a strong delusion i think that's what we're looking at here really really strong 200 proof the no one's cut this delusion it's straight up you take a sip of this one whoo you will be snookered You'll be three sheets to the wind, if you know what I mean. Anyway. And I keep hearing the Lord say, storm clouds are gathering. And know that as I my wind blows, I am causing the clouds to begin to form. Do those ladies have shields? <laughs> They have shields. <laughs> okay. Oh, my. Hold it together. Hang on. I need to do a breathing exercise or something. Here. Yeah. Got to gotta recenter or something. Refocus. Okay. All right. Let's plow ahead here. For I say there are storm clouds that are gathering. But know that these clouds and these storms come not to destroy my people but to cleanse says the lord for I- a cleansing storm cloud is gathering 
Glad they have their shields up. I mean, you, you might want to protect yourself there. About some things, says the Lord. Know that this storm is a cleansing storm to blow out that that would stand for unrighteousness so that my righteousness could rise up in the earth. God said, do not fear the storm. But I say, if you will look at the storm, if you will face the storm, I will cover you in the midst of that. And know that I shall bring you through the storm and you shall come through and you shall see my glory released in a new way. So I say, know that my wind is gathering storm clouds, but I say, do not allow fear to cover you during this time. For I am the God who can speak peace in the midst of the storm. And I say, I will give you my peace and you shall ride through the storm and you shall see me. Okay, <clears throat> back to the second video. And I also heard in that tongue that that partnering is not a difficult thing. He says, it's as easy for me as tic-tac-toe. He said, you don't have to get to an advanced level. He said, I can break it down and make it. You know, break it down to tic-tac-toe, man. Listen to the vibe that, you know, oh, the groove that this, uh, Band is in, man. Yeah. <laughs> Very easy for you to partner with my harvest angels. He said, when your mind tries to turn on, he says, tic-tac-toe. I will make sure I get the strike. <laughs> so when your mind <laughs> turns on, tic-tac-toe. <laughs> I just, I'll never be the same after, after that. Let me go back to the, the other one here. Last night I had this dream and in this dream, I had a dream last night. Yeah. All right. I saw this tumultuous storm and this storm was brewing and it was like this massive tornado that began to swirl and swirl. And when it swirled, it would kick things out. And I looked in my dream and I saw the finger of God, but I saw the little hand of man grab a hold to the finger of God. And I said, Lord, what are you saying to me? And he said, get ready. This will be a, a year of tumultuous winds, but I am coming as the whirlwind to kick out what needs to be kicked out but to establish what needs to be established. Yeah. Those that I call my children, if they will reach up in the midst of the storm yeah. and grab a hold of the Father's finger. I, I don't know, you know, because you're describing a tornado here. You know, I, I've lived in the Midwest now f for a decade. And, you know, when those tornado sirens go off, I'm in my basement. I'm not looking for a big finger to pull. You know, just, just saying. 
as a small infant grabs a hold of his. They will see me bring them up and bring them out and set them on top of the storm. And I will give them a fortitude to ride my winds, catch my winds, and not be kicked out, but be established in my name. Because the Father's eye is in the midst of the storm and his finger is extended this day. So we have an extended finger of God in the middle of a tornado. Got it. All right. Back to the tic-tac-toe. And what I heard in that tongue was, um, I'm, I'm, I'm coming down to chop, chop, chop. You, you've been, your hands have been held in a way, and I'm coming down to chop, 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 and free your hands, and free your <laughs> Review that text again here. Hang on a second. Therefore... God sends them a strong delusion. Yeah, and you'll notice the ones who get the strong delusions, the ones who are <clears throat> lawless, uh-huh, disobeying what God says, especially regarding the gifts of the Spirit, um, and uh, the, the activity of Satan in false signs and wonders, which is, you know, pretty much the staple of the entire charismatic, charismatic movement, and then God sends a strong delusion on these folks. And this is the result, I think. Spirit, and free your feet. You've had chains on your feet, and I'm coming down to chop, chop, chop. So tic-tac-toe, chop, chop, chop. Let's come back. It looked like Chuck Pierce was going to take the microphone again. He is, you know, an apostle. <clears throat> now, I believe the Lord. The Lord is doing this before we enter in and worship our way into communion this morning because I did not plan on even seeing any of this no, no. if you get my drill till I came in here and all of a sudden on the first note of this song and I heard a sound in here and all of a sudden it opened up now I'm telling you God is saying this get ready Get ready. We've got to understand we're going into lots of conflicting days. Do not get discouraged. Do not. You, you don't have to be a prophet to see that 2019 is going to be a days of conflict. I mean, it was conflict last year and then you know after the election conflict was already being talked about it's, you know <sighs> anyway i i think you get the point uh none of that not not any of that is from god no except for maybe you know what second thessalonians 2 11 says regarding the strong delusion the delusion is from god and it's a delusion of judgment because they are participating in the activity of Satan with false signs and wonders and lawlessness. And, you know, and they are literally the forerunners showing us that the time is really short before the man of lawlessness himself shows up. You know, I don't know when it's going to be, but man, if, if that is not an example of false signs, false wonders, false prophecy, and a strong delusion, I don't know what that was. But, you know. The fact that that place is packed, and it's a huge church, 
And there's people that everybody there thinks, this is from God. They are intoxicated by the strong delusion that God has sent them in judgment for their false words, their false teaching, their false manifestations, their false signs, their false wonders. Hmm. All right, we're up on our first break. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkbackatfightingforthefaith.com or you can subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash pirate Christian. Follow me on Twitter, my name there, at pirate Christian. Quick break when we come back. We're going to be hearing from Catherine Rinala, Ken Copeland, and Joel Osteen. A little bit of a longer one hour, you know what I mean? Don't want to miss it. We'll be right back. This might feel like theological waterboarding, but you'll get used to it. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. I've had enough. Of this sissy, frenzy, turning photo written music, you have the audacity to call worship. Men, put this entire girly praise band in the boo box. Let's wheel in the organ and get some real worship music underway. Ye be listening to Pirate Christian Radio. It's... Marty Python's Flying Circus Church. The management of Marty Python's Flying Circus Church would like to apologize to all of our listeners. Normally we do parody here at Monty Python's Flying Circus Church. Unfortunately, due to unforeseen circumstances in the current miserable state of the church, uh, we can no longer parody the church because the church just parodies itself. For proof of this particular concept, uh, we now present to you um, the uh, Holy Ghost Hokey Pokey. I'll tell you, three weeks ago, we did a Friday Night School of the Spirit, and we saw 12 people heal the Word of Knowledge and 40 healed during the Holy Ghost Hokey Pokey. Let's just go ahead and do that and see what the Lord does. You guys okay to do a little Holy Ghost Hokey Pokey? Can you lead it? All right, Brian's going to lead us in the Holy Ghost Hokey Pokey. You can... Put your right hand in, put your right hand out. You put your right hand in, you put your right hand out. You put your right hand in, you dig your right hand out. You put it in, and you shake it, and you shake it all about. You put your left hand in, you take your left hand out. You put your left hand in, you take your left hand out. You put your left hand in, you take your left hand out. Put it in, and you shake it, and you shake it all about. You put your right foot in, you take your right foot out. You put your right foot in, you take your right foot out. You put your right foot in. Take your right foot out Put it in And you shake it And you shake it all about Oh, you put your left foot in Put your left foot out You put your left foot in You put your right 
With the arms, uh, nothing, nothing real effect. But then, as soon as I just start, we start doing the whole put your left foot in, your right foot in, both of my knees, you know, one at a time, I could just feel all of a sudden it's like there was no pain. I said, and You said, start checking yourself. I just squat down. That's awesome. Thank you, Lord, for new knees in yes. Jesus' name. Come on. Come on. Um, I've had back problems most of my life, and a couple of we- about a week ago, my back had gone out and it was somewhat better, but it was still sore. Uh, up until today, and when we did that hokey pokey, and she came up and testified, all the pain. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Shake it, shake it, shake it all about. You put your whole head in, you take your whole head out. You put your whole head in, take your whole head out. You put your whole head in, take your whole head out. And put it in, and you shake it, and you shake it all about. And you shake it, it all about. Shake it, and you 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 shake it. Hi, Chris Rosebro here to talk about our longtime featured advertiser, Cheapo Air. Doesn't matter if you're traveling for business reasons or for pleasure. Doesn't matter if you're traveling within the United States or abroad. Cheapo Air is the place for you to save literally hundreds of dollars on your airfare, hotel rooms, and rental cars. Visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. On the side of our website, you'll see our ad banners. Look at the ad banner for Cheapo Air and look on it. There's a promo code. Write the promo code down, click on the ad banner, and then book your travel at the Cheapo Air website, and you'll have the opportunity to enter that promo code for additional savings. Again, fightingforthefaith.com. Write down the promo code, click on the ad banner, and save money on your airfare, hotel rooms, and rental cars today. Hey, everyone. It's Rex here to tell you about a product that I use on a daily basis. It's Coffee by Gillespie. It's delicious. It's got the caffeine you need to be a functioning member of society, and it's It's coffee. There's all sorts of different blends to choose from that are themed alongside the church calendar. So not only does it taste insanely good, but it's also liturgical. Somehow. All you have to do is order it online at gillespie.coffee. And it'll arrive at your door in a convenient, resealable bag filled with either whole bean or pre-ground coffee. I personally like mine as whole bean because it goes so well with milk. Ah.
Now that's what I call a balanced breakfast. So head on over to Gillespie.coffee and get some. That's G-I-L-L-E-S-P-I-E dot coffee. Rex out. Listening to Fighting for the Faith could cause you to think that um, there are a lot of people out there suffering from a strong delusion sent by God because they're in rebellion to His Word. Just a reminder, Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported radio. That means we depend upon you, your generous gifts, financial contributions in order to continue to bring Fighting for the Faith to you and to the world. And you can partner with us. It's a partnership. Visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. When you get there, you'll see our three friendly yellow buttons. One says donate. The other says join our crew. Uh, When you join our crew, you get to pick your rank in our crew, and rank is based upon your monthly commitment. Lowest rank is Powder Monkey, and that's at $9.95 a month. After that, Gunner's made at $24.95 a month. From there, Master Gunner at $49.95 a month. And then from there, Quartermaster, I'm sorry, Master Gunner's $49.95 a month. Quartermaster, $99.95 a month. Joining our crew is a great way to support us. Of course, if you'd like to make a one-time contribution, click on the Donate button. If you'd like to become a patron on Patreon, click on the Become a Patron button. Or if you would like to support us the traditional way, you can do so by uh, making your gift payable to Fighting for the Faith and then send it to Post Office Box 13344, Grand Forks, North Dakota, zip code 58208. And let me thank you for your support. We truly cannot do what we are doing here without it. All right, moving along, we're going to check in with Glory City Church. They're part of the New Apostolic Reformation, so let's do this. What do you want to do tonight? The same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world. The Pinky and the Brain. Yes, Pinky and the Brain. One is a genius, the other's insane. The laboratory mice, the genes have been sliced. They're Pinky, they're Pinky and the Brain. Brain, 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 brain. All right, uh, heading down to Glory City Church out in Brisbane, Australia. This is where the uh, prophetess-slash-apostolette Catherine Runala holds court. And we're going to be listening to a little bit of a message where she's going to be explaining that we are apparently uh, coming into a season, are you ready for it, of divine ex- acceleration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you know, if I had... Um, you know, 10 bucks for every time I heard somebody talk like this, I'd be a pretty uh, wealthy fellow. You know, I'm just saying this is standard 
non-speak. Yeah, these these are vacuous words, word salad, nonsense. And and boy, she tries to make a lot of this, but you know, at the end of it, she's not making no sense at all biblically. So without any further ado, here's Catherine Runala and the season of divine acceleration. Here we go. Wow, Jesus. I'm a little bit giddy with God right now. <laughs> I'm just so happy. He is so good. And Now, a little bit of a note here. I mean, I know we're only a few seconds into this, 10 to be exact, and she's already talking about how she's giddy and she's laughing somewhat uncontrollably as if somehow that's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. No, 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 that's not a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. And you're going to note here that this the fact that this woman is preaching a sermon is an overt example of lawlessness. She is bucking the clear word of God that forbids a woman to preach and to have authority over a man. So what she's doing, strictly forbidden by God. I have had an extraordinary week. You know, we really are. Oh, oh my Jesus. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, so she apparently, you know, just got touched again. You know, this is the, whoa, you know, kind of thing, the shabba thing that that, uh, we get from Heidi Baker. You know, but this is Catherine Renault's own version of it. Hallelujah. Um, So we really are in this season of divine acceleration. It's Yeah, what does that mean? A season of divine acceleration. Makes no sense. None whatsoever. And this has been standard charismatic go-to non-speak as long as I've been covering the charismatic movement and even when I was in it. It's so... We, we hear these words week to week. Oh, yes, that's good. Yes, that's good. Yes, I hear that. Yes, that's good. Do you have any idea how serious God is about what he says? He means... Yeah, God is very serious about what he has said. You find that in the written word of God. Every single word that he says. And what is happening is happening so much faster than you think you're ready for. What exactly is happening? That's happening so much faster than I'm ready for. This doesn't make any sense. That's the amazing part about God. Like I I look at it, um, like I think about the prophets and and, um, Jeremiah. He'll say, hey, Jeremiah, be a prophet. You're like, oh. He says, what do you, go on, what do you see? He goes, I see an almond branch. He goes, good. Now, go and tell the nation. That's how it happened. We need to be ready. (sighs) Yeah, you just got to be ready for divine acceleration because, you know, God calls Jeremiah as a prophet and then, Lamo, he's right into it, man. I mean, that's an example of divine acceleration. No, it's not. And this isn't a season of divine acceleration. God is not the one saying such a thing. These are empty words. God to take you from here to here. Your expectation of, well, 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 you know. Be ready. Because if we, 
Uh, she just she just got touched again by the Holy Spirit. Whoa, she says, and she's like bowled over, you know. If you, <laughs> I'm so holding this together. Hallelujah. Yeah. Why would God the Holy Spirit be doing that? If we. <laughs> And why would God the Holy Spirit be speaking to a woman, telling her it's divine acceleration, while she's disobeying God the Holy Spirit who inspired Scripture to be written that forbids her to be doing the thing that she's doing? It doesn't make any sense. This is lawlessness. <laughs> oh my God. I'll make If we will, if we will, if we... So-called holy laughter, yeah. If we will go with God, there is nothing. There is no weight. There's no chain you're dragging. There's no impediment in your personality. There is nothing holding you back. That is the freedom of the gospel. There is nothing that says you're unqualified. Ah, amazing. We were prophesying last week at our Australian Prophetic Roundtable and I actually was provoking our prophets. Um, you, you were provoking them. I said, if you got the, we're talking, we've hear, heard so many prophetic words. Many of us have received words about, you know, having the ears of kings and presidents and rulers and speaking words. And, you know, I've been provo- provoking them not to just have edifying exhortations, but actual strategies that prophetic solutionists, that they'd step up and hear not only what God wants to do, but get some more specifics to ask, you know. When in anywhere, you know, in the Old Testament, you know, where we clearly have prophets, did they have to be provoked and sit there and go, well, God, I mean, you're giving me an edifying word here. But, you know, I, I, I need to put, you know, can we get some strategies too along the way? This is ridiculous. When God communicates, he's the one who decides what it is that he's going to communicate. And he communicates the beginning of it and the end of it. And when he's done talking, he's done talking. For Catherine Rinala to sit there and say that, you know, at our Australian prophetic roundtable, she was really provoking the, 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 the prophets to, you know, get more information. That is absurd on its face. Yeah. More examples of the strong delusion. Moving along, time for a money-grubbing tele-evangelist update. And I got to tell you, man, this video, watching Ken Copeland just creeps me out. This is one of the few people that I cover who, when I watch him speak and behave, it is so serpentine that it really makes me think I'm watching somebody who is utterly demonized. But let's do this. I've got 90,000 pounds in my pajamas. I've got 40,000 French francs in my fridge. I've got lots of lovely lira now. The Deutsche Mark's getting dearer, and my dollar bills would buy the Brooklyn Bridge. There is nothing quite as wonderful as money. There is nothing quite as beautiful as cash. Some people say it's folly, but I'd rather have the lolly. With money, you can make a splash. Quite as wonderful as money, 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 money. Nothing like a newly minted money, 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 money. Everyone must anchor for the butchness of a banker. It's a currency that waits the world around, round, round, round. You can keep your mouth as free as my tongue, and just the bank is for its money
money, 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 money. All right, so we're heading over to Ken Copeland's victory, ministry, whatever. I don't know what this is. And uh, he's going to apparently be channeling God the Holy Spirit as he uh, reveals the uh, the prophetic word for 2019. Hope you're sitting down. Here we go. What about 2019? Will there be conflicts? Will there be wars? Rumors of wars? Testings and trials? Yeah, that's, you know, pretty much standard fare now. I mean, that's that was 2018, that was 2017, 2016, you know, kind of working. But yeah, that's, uh-huh, yeah. Standard stuff there, Ken Copeland. Yes, there will. But it'll not come now you. It'll not come now. No conflict for you. Not you. Apparently, God the Holy Spirit speaks in King James English. Your household. This United States has come under my protection, saith the Lord Jesus Christ. It has. Okay. And so, I, so notice, he's saying, thus saith the Lord Jesus Christ. So he's... Speaking directly for Christ, for God. Uh-huh. Watching over it the same as I wept over Jerusalem. So notice the same as I wept over Jerusalem. He's channeling Jesus here. Because they would not allow me to watch over them. They wouldn't come to me. But you have come to me, saith the Lord. You have called upon me. I have heard the prayers of my people. I have heard your prayers. And I especially have heard the prayers of people of faith that know how to pray. And have sought my name and sought my faith. And you have been heard on high, saith the Lord. Yeah, I don't need you to tell me that, Ken Copeland. Scripture says that God hears. Our prayers. Yeah, the Bible says that. This is the time that you've been praying about. These are the days that have been coming and coming and coming since the early 1980s. When I be- What days? What, what days are coming? And to say, and it was prophesied of old, that there would be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit Greater than anything that's ever come to this nation. And greater than anything, eventually greater than anything that's ever been seen on this planet. Signs and wonders and miracles from on high. Mm-hmm. So apparently, um, you know, the great prophecies regarding the end times revival and harvest of souls. You know, the Joel's army stuff kind of thing. Apparently we're in it now. Yeah. Magnificent operations of the Holy Spirit. And many have prayed and prayed and sought me concerning this. Well, it's here, saith it is. It's here now. Yay! Yay! More deception. Uh-huh. Here. And not only in the United States, 
There's great revival taking place across the South Pacific. There's great revival taking place in the islands of the world. There's great revival happening in Australia right now, saith the Lord. I'm moving by my spirit. And you're a major part of it. Be expectant. Expectant in your heart. Not to just have something happen to you, but have something happen through you. And around you. And because of you. No, 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 no. And again a thousand times, no. You're not waiting on me. I've been waiting on you, saith the Lord. Um, what? The the Lord's been waiting on us? Uh-huh. But things are in order. Your house, the house of this nation, is finally coming in order. I'm not talking about the House of Representatives. I'm not talking about Congress. I'm talking about the people. Glory to God. Amen. I've been handling politicians for many years. And I can take care of them. And your politicians are nothing compared to Pharaoh. And I jerked the slack out of him. And I'm taking care of things in your place too. So apparently he's channeling Jesus here and Jesus is saying that um, he jerked the slack out of Pharaoh. Yeah, I know this. Like I said, uh, if you were watching this video, you'd be creeped out. It, I, yeah, I feel like I'm watching a person who's totally possessed by a Pazuzu, you know? So rejoice and give me praise, saith the Lord. So you better rejoice now and give me some praise, would you? I'd like some praise right here on the spot, you know. For I know and I understand, saith the Spirit of grace, that there's great need for an outpouring of my spirit. I know that. And it's being poured out more than you realize. Because you're only seeing locally. I'm seeing the whole earth. Oh, you have no idea. All you hear in the news is about the government of China. You have no idea. You have no earthly idea what's happening in China. Yeah, that part's true. Yeah. Never been there. I don't really pay attention to what's going on in China. Amen. Amen. Uh, what am I saying amen to again? Hallelujah. Uh, okay. So give praise. Give honor where honor is due. And continue to rejoice. Continue to say all is well in the kingdom of God. All is well in the household of faith. And I so apparently, you know, the word of the Lord is, yeah, everything's just okie, okie dokie. Do I really need God? Prophesying through somebody who's a money-grubbing televangelist like Ken Copeland, Copeland telling me that. Again, strong delusion indeed. Moving along.
when I'm feeling lonely, sad as I can be. All by myself, an uncharted island in an endless sea. What makes me happy fills me up with glee. Those bones in my jaw that don't have a flaw, my shiny teeth and me. My shiny teeth that twinkle just like the stars in space. My shiny teeth that sparkle and beauty to my face. My shiny teeth that glisten just like the Christmas tree. You know they walk a mile just to see me smile. Shiny teeth and me. All right, shiny teeth and me. So uh, we're heading down to Lakewood out in uh, Texas, and uh, we're going to be listening to Joel Osteen and his message titled Kiss It Goodbye. And boy, is this a twisting of the story of Ruth. Oh, my word. We'll explain how he twists it along the way and talk about totally missing the point and evacuating the text of its real meaning Oh, yeah, in in fact, uh, with this episode of Fighting for the Fate, just so you know, if you go to fightingforthefate.com and you find this episode, the uh, J- January 10th, 2019 episode, in the additional links section, I'll put a link to an entire message that I gave on a Sunday school lesson that where I worked through the book of Ruth so that you can hear what this text is about and who this text is about. It's about Jesus. It it is a beautiful type and shadow of a kinsman redeemer redeeming the bride of Christ, Ruth and Boaz. That's really kind of what this is all about. And they are the direct, you know, descendants of Jesus. You know, they show up in the genealogy of Christ and Boaz himself, I don't know if you are aware of this, he he is the son of of Rahab, the prostitute of Jericho. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, there, there's some significant meaning there. But uh, apparently, Joel Osteen isn't aware of the fact that the Bible's about, you know, Jesus. Um, he doesn't preach repentance and the forgiveness of sins. No, he don't. And uh, he's always looking for ways to kind of mangle the text to kind of conform to his word of faith and blab it and grab it, uh, you know, divine prosperity, decree and declare a thing, and, and it'll happen kind of theology, and boy, does this is just jaw-droppingly bad. So hope you're sitting down. Here's Joel Osteen and Kiss It Goodbye. I want to talk to you today about Kiss It Goodbye. There's a lady in the scripture named Naomi. She left Bethlehem with her husband and two sons because of a famine. They moved to the city of Moab. They had plenty of food. Life was good until her husband unexpectedly died. She never dreamed she'd be a widow. Ten ten years later, both of her grown sons passed away. She was so discouraged, she decided to move back home to Bethlehem. She told her two daughters-in-law, Ruth and Orpah. Hmm, she decided to move back home to, you know... Bethlehem. Who else do I know from the Bible that's from Bethlehem? Well, you know, there's Jesse and his son David, who became king. Yeah, yeah, King David's from Bethlehem. And, you know, he was a shepherd, and, yeah, shepherd boy in Bethlehem, and he became king. And, you know, who else is from Bethlehem? Jesus is from Bethlehem. And when he was born, there were shepherds that came and saw him at his birth. Um, yeah, you know, I just, hmm. 
I just get the feeling that this story just seems to be crackling with the messianic stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, that they should move back to their hometowns as well and start a new life. Ruth said, no, Naomi, I'm staying with you. I'm going to Bethlehem to help take care of you. The other daughter-in-law, Orpah, took her advice and said she was going to leave and move back home. You would think Naomi would have been a little sour and thought, after all I've done for you, Orpah, you're going to leave me now at my... Um, why would I think that that's how... Um. Naomi would have felt. I mean, <clears throat> Ruth chapter 1, verse 8. But Naomi, so that after her sons die, her husband dies, her sons die, Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go return each of you to her mother's house, and may Yahweh deal kindly with you, as you have dealt with the dead and with me. So the Lord grant that you may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices, and they wept, and they said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters, why will you go with me? Have I yet sons in my womb, that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters, go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. And you're going to note here, there's a, there's a order in which certain things are supposed to happen when um, a man dies childless, a kinsman redeemer is supposed to marry um, the the widow, and the first son that is born as a result of that union is not considered the son of the man who, who genetically fathered him, but is considered the son of the dead man, the, 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 yeah, the dead one. Yeah, there's a lot going on here. If I should say I have hope, even I should have a husband this night and should bear sons, would you therefore wait until they were grown? Would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, it is exceedingly bitter for me for your sake that the hand of Yahweh has gone out against me. And then they lifted up their voices and they wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. And she said, see, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people into her gods return after your sister-in-law but ruth said do not urge me so you're going to note uh joel osteen here is not actually reading the text nope he's just kind of saying we would expect this i don't know why i would expect that because the text is telling me exactly what naomi was thinking and she was the one quite forcefully urging naomi and orpah to return to their people and uh, and find husbands for themselves. That's what she was doing. So what Joel Osteen is doing here is adding stuff to the text based upon some weird expectation that we're supposed to have. You know, I, I don't approach the biblical text with an expectation like that. I let the text speak for itself. And this is becoming his main point because this is the name of his sermon, Kiss It Goodbye. So watch how he does this then. Lowest moment. You can go get remarried. You can find another job. I'm an old lady. Who's going to take care of me? She could have felt betrayed, insulted. Instead, the scripture says, Naomi kissed Orpah goodbye. Orpah represented the broken dreams. What? What? (laughs) And there's where he... 
officially jumped the track. The train is – it happened to jump the track off of a bridge. And so it's careening down into the canyon where the river is. And, oh, and – yeah, there it goes. This is absurd. This is utterly delusional. The hurts, the disappointments, the things she didn't understand. Naomi was saying by that kiss, life has thrown me a curve. It hasn't been fair, but I'm at peace. I know God is still in control. Wow. Um, this is eisegesis. This is reading something into the biblical text that's not there. And talk about missing the whole point. Yeah, there's, there's no exegetical justification for what he's doing as far as op- uh, you know what Orpah represents. The story is ultimately about Naomi and Ruth and then Boaz. And yeah, at the very end of Ruth, you know, it actually tells you kind of an important bit of data. Uh, and that is this, it, you know, that um, now these are the generations of Perez. Perez fathered Hezron, Hezron fathered Ram, Ram fathered Aminadab, Aminadab fathered Nashon, Nashon fathered Salmon, Salmon fathered Boaz. Salmon's the one who married Rahab the prostitute. Boaz fathered Obed. Obed fathered Jesse. Jesse fathered David. So Orpah makes just a tiny little appearance in chapter 1, and the text is a type and shadow of Christ being our kinsman redeemer and redeeming the bride of Christ, um, who is utterly destitute. And um, he, he's not even interested at all in what this text is about. Like I said, I'll put a link. Go to fightingforthefaith.com and find this episode, and you will find a link to my teaching on this text. But we continue. If you're going to reach your destiny, you have to learn to kiss things goodbye. Wow. See, if you want to achieve your destiny like Naomi did, you got to kiss things goodbye. You're not going to understand everything that happens. People may walk away. Life may not turn out the way you thought. It's easy to get bitter, hold a grudge, lose your passion. Do like Naomi. Kiss the bitterness goodbye. Kiss the person that left you goodbye. Kiss the dream that didn't work out goodbye. God wouldn't have allowed it to happen if he didn't have something better up in front of you. This is, this is terrifyingly demonic. Wow. But sometimes God will close the door. He'll move people out of your life. There are people and opportunities that were ordained for your past that are not ordained for your future. They were right for a season... But that season can come to an end. The key is how we handle the closed doors. How you handle the disappointments. How you handle the people that treated you wrong. Sometimes, instead of kissing them goodbye, we smack them goodbye. <laughs> Good riddance. I didn't like you in the first place. Don't. Yeah, that whole place is filled up with people who are slurping this up thinking they're being taught the word of God. No, they are not. This is frightening. The door hit you on the way out. Naomi could have turned away angry. Thought, I'm not going to kiss you, Orpah. Some friend you are. That would have kept her. 
Naomi was the one who was persistently and strongly urging her to leave. From the new things God had in store. She moved back to Bethlehem with her daughter-in-law, Ruth. Ruth married Boaz, a wealthy man that owned all the land. They had a baby. Yeah, and they're both in the genealogy of Christ. Naomi took care of their son like he was her own. After all she had been through, all the broken dreams, all the loss, while holding the little baby, Naomi said in effect, I never dreamed I could be this happy, this... No, she didn't say that at all. ...fulfilled. Her latter days were better than her former days. God knows how to give you beauty for ashes. He knows how to turn mourning into dancing. But it would have never happened if she had not kissed Orpah goodbye. So, have you kissed your Orpah goodbye yet? This is unbelievable. Are you at peace with your past? Or are you bitter over the loss? Upset because your plans didn't work out? Yeah, so, yeah, Orpah represents you know, your failed dream, your, you know, your failed plans, the, the business that didn't work out, the, uh, the marriage that went kaput. Yeah, that's, this is utter nonsense. Totally demonic. The scriptures are about Christ. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I think you kind of get the point. This is, there's no way whatsoever to uh, redeem or rescue what it is that Joel Osteen is saying here. This is just over the top. A twisting of God's word and a missing of the whole point of this text. All right, I think you got it. All right, let's uh, go to our second break. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkbackatfightingforthefaith.com or you can subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Christian. Follow me on Twitter, my name there, at Christian. Quick break when we come back. Sermon from Matt Sorger about living from the third heaven. We'll be right back. If you want advice on how to have your best life now, you're in the wrong place. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. Hi, Rich Christian Radio Theater presents Death of a Salesman. Are ye a salesman? Why, yes, I am. Can I interest you in some... <laughs> You're listening to Byron Christian Radio. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Listening to this program right now. Have you ever found yourself wishing there was more Fighting for the Faith content that you could listen to and share with your friends? Well, you're in luck, because we now at Pirate Christian Media have a YouTube channel that we upload content to on a weekly basis. We got programs like Twist Busters, You Don't Have to Be a Cessationist, Messed Up Church, exclusive Skype interviews, Pirate Gang Conversations, and our most popular segment, Dumpster Fire. So if you're looking for some extra pirate Christian media goodness in your life, head on over to YouTube and search for Fighting for the Faith and subscribe.
Oi, Captain, we got ourselves a heretic. (laughs) And exactly how do ye know that she be a heretic? She be endorsing the health and wealth heresy. Does he be speaking the truth? Jesus died to make us rich. And what exactly do we do with heretics? Oh, we throw them in the boo box. No, no, no. We preach the gospel to them. What if, um, the heretic doesn't repent? Then we throw them in the boo box. is to heretic, to R is to pirate. Get yourself over to www.piratechristianradio.com forward slash Refermanda and purchase yourself a copy of the game Refermanda and join the fight for the faith today. to a Fighting for the Faith Sermon Review time. Maybe this episode does have a theme. It's the delusion. Ah, everything is so awful right now in evangelicalism. It's totally apostate. Totally lawless. Yeah, but let's do this right. Good, the bad, the ugly. We review it all here at Finding for the Faith. We're an equal opportunity sermon reviewing service. Today's message comes to us via Matt Sorger Ministries. Name of the message is Living from the Third Heaven. And since this aired on television, it's kind of chopped up into two pieces. So you need to be aware of that. As we approach the end of piece number one, you will hear some music. But anyway... um, it's this is wow just i don't even know how to describe it it's you know we're going to hear about his personal interactions and conversations with the holy spirit assertions regarding what god wants that are not found in scripture twisting of god's word cats and dogs living together it's just wow that's all i gotta say so uh let me go ahead and back off on the music and without any further ado here's matt sorger and living from the third heaven here we go when your heart begins to understand the power that is in you and the power that is working for you that Christ has been seated in heavenly places and that in Christ you have been seated in heavenly places far above all power and principality. This is third heaven reality living. Um, what? 
Did you notice, notice the pause of the people in the audience? Uh, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even they were confused by his thesis statement. Okay. It changes the whole understanding of warfare and breakthrough. Uh, breakthrough. Big word in the charismatic NAR, narismatic churches. Yeah. Because in reality... And what has been accomplished in the New Testament through Christ on the cross, he has already obtained the breakthrough. Now he's giving us the authority to enforce that breakthrough. Which scripture says that Christ is giving us the authority to enforce a breakthrough? Here in this dimension. Uh. See, when healing manifests, it's the riches in glory being manifested, being obtained... And then, yeah, which biblical text is he preaching from, by the way? <clears throat> so here are your options. Um, Second Hezekiah chapter 47, or no biblical text yet is he preaching from. <laughs> Go with the second one, by the way. <clears throat> Least here into the natural dimension. Oh, man. Out of your belly flows that anointing. <sighs> you remember, uh, was it? Was it Benny Hinn who said, let it belly, bubble, uh, no, maybe Rodney Howard Brown. Yeah, yeah. Let it bubble up from your belly. Yeah, you know, maybe it was Benny Hinn. I forget. But uh, you, where in scripture does it say the anointing's going to, you know, come up from your belly? Yeah, no biblical text says that. Out of your belly flows that resurrection power. That really, resurrection power flows out of my belly same spirit that raised Christ, not only raised him from the dead, but then raised him and lifted him all the way up into that third heaven place, lifted him all the way up. I mean, he physically went up in the sky. Yeah. That power lifted him up physically. Yeah. Nothing about the ascension power mentioned in scripture. Uh, Jesus being God in human flesh, pretty sure he did that on his own steam. Yeah. Just, just saying. Brought him into heaven. Seated him at the right hand of God the Father, gave him all power over every principality, power, and any kind of thing that's hanging around. <laughs> yeah, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Christ, not to you. Christ has already defeated it, he's already over it. Those things are underneath his feet, and if they're underneath Christ's feet, they are underneath your feet. What? Are you talking about this guy's just making stuff up? Which biblical text says this again? In verse 23 of Ephesians 1, Jesus is the head of the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Okay. Which is his body, talking about the church from verse 22, his, the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The body is the fullness of Christ. The church is the body. The church is the fullness of Christ. Christ is the head. We are the body. Now let me ask you this question. Is Jesus sick? Oh. Oh. Just, yeah. So is Jesus sick? Well, no, Jesus isn't sick. And we're the body of Christ. So if Jesus isn't sick, then there should be no sickness in the body of Christ. This is uh, this isn't even logic. I don't know what this is. This is. Oh, I do know what it is. It's called sophistry. This is what we're listening to. This is straight up sophistry. Is Jesus oppressed by devils? 
No. Because some people, they grapple with questions. Is it God's will for me to be healed? Is it God's will for me to get this breakthrough now? He may have timing for it in the future. Do I have to wait like 20 years before? Now notice, he didn't actually read this out of Ephesians 1. He just pointed out that the, the body of Christ, you know, the church is the fullness of the body of Christ, and he's the head, and therefore extrapolated from that, well, is Jesus sick? Yeah, uh-huh. Well, how come Christians have been getting sick for millennia there, Matt? I finally get an answer to this breakthrough. I have all these questions and doubts and wonderings. But here's a scripture that tells us we are the body of Christ. And we have the fullness of Christ in us. And if we are the body of Christ, if Jesus Christ is not sick and we're his body, that means it is not his will for us to be sick. No. That does not logically follow. This is sophistry. This is a complete, you know, this is kind of like sleight of hand magic, all right? Um, In order to be able to do magic, you have to be good at deception, you know? And so, you know, he's, he's doing sleight of hand with the Bible, though, not with cards. And to make it look like, you know, this is what the Bible teaches. The Bible doesn't teach this. This is sleight of hand Bible twisting. If Jesus is totally whole, totally free, totally healed, totally anointed with unlimited power from the Holy Spirit, and we are his body, we get everything that he has. No biblical text says this. Why are you clapping? In fact, Scripture is quite clear that we are to make our requests known to God by prayer and supplication. You're not just act like you know you own the place. Because you're in Christ. And walking in the reality reality of that starts by having our understanding illuminated and renewed to the truth of what we have. Because Paul, I mean Peter and John, praise God, Paul said some great things too. Peter and John, (laughs) when they were ministering to that lame man at the gate beautiful Peter said, what I have, I give to you. Rise up and walk. He said, what I have, I give to you. If you don't know you have it, you can't give it away. No, he didn't say rise up and walk. He said, in the name of Jesus. Big difference. If you don't know you have resurrection power in you, if you don't know you have all authority in Christ over every work of the enemy, you can't give that away to someone. But once Notice he's not actually preaching Acts 4. No, not at all. You got that revelation and you walk in it yourself, then you're able to give it away to someone else. What I have, I give to you. Get up out of that sickness. Get up out of that defeat. Get up out of that pit you've been sitting in. Your life becomes a breakthrough for others because you're living out of the heavenly sphere. Praise God. Total sophistry and NAR theology to boot. This is just deplorable. Absolutely deplorable. Living out of that heavenly sphere. What the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life, defeating, conquering the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death can't compare to the law of the spirit of life that is on the inside of you. 
See, in the natural law, the law of gravity is a downward pull, right? If someone is standing on this chair and I'm down here, it would be much easier in the natural for me to pull them down because the gravity is going to help me pull them down to them physically pulling me up onto this. Again, notice he's not preaching a biblical text. He's just saying what sounds reasonable and then somehow turning it into what this is what these are the doctrines we're to be believing. Again, no biblical text says these things. There. That's a natural law. But then you have a spiritual law, which is called the law of the spirit of life, which is the upward pull of the anointing of God. See, you don't operate according to natural law. You operate according to a spiritual law. And that spiritual law said... What? No, I, I most certainly do operate according to natural law. For instance, the natural law of gravity. Thank the Lord I'm operating according to natural law here. Otherwise, I'd be floating and hitting the ceiling. Thank you, Lord, that I'm operating according to the natural law of gravity. And also, the natural laws of time and space... They seem to apply to me as well and to you. What he just said is utter nonsense. Is that in you? And, and the fact that there's, there's people in the audience sitting there going, wow, whoa, and whoo, and thinking this is good stuff, this strong delusion right here. Is a greater force than the law of sin and death. So someone could be stuck in a pit down here, stuck in sickness, stuck in oppression, stuck in depression, but you got a power on the inside of you. Yeah, maybe stuck in heresy, you know. And you reach down to where they are, and they're not going to pull you down. You're going to pull them up. You're going to pull them right up. Huh? And I've seen it when it comes to deliverance and healing. I know faith is a key, and I, I understand faith is a key. Jesus constantly said, by your faith you're healed. We know faith is a key. But I'm going to tell you something. I've seen people with no faith get healed and delivered. And you want to know why? Because God loves them so much that he's going to put his faith in me, the law of the spirit of life in me to help reach down to where they are, even though they are so angry and defeated and oppressed. And God is going to anoint to pull them up. I are they clapping? He's not saying anything. The, the emperor is naked. The king has no clothes on. And I'll, 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 I'll wrap up with this. I was in a meeting, and we had given altar call for healing, so the whole altar was filled with people praying for Now healing. we're into personal anecdote. He hasn't taught the word of God. He's made a bunch of assertions, a bunch of claims, made allusions to things that sound reasonable, and now we're into, um, you know, personal story. Uh-huh. And there was a lady sitting down. And God spoke to me, go pray for her. And I had a communication with God. I had a conversation with him. I said, God, if she wanted prayer, she'd probably be up here. But she ain't up here, so I don't think she really wants prayer, God. Go pray for her. Okay. So I go back to pray for her. Excuse me, miss, can I pray for you? And she looks up at me and she says, no. And I looked up at God and I said, I told you. <laughs> and God said, pray for her. Can I pray for you? No, I don't want you to pray for me. I don't even want to be here tonight. My husband made me come here tonight. 
And I looked over at her husband and I knew she was telling the truth. I wanted to pray for him more than her. Well, they just think this is the funniest thing ever. Notice he receives direct communication from God, the Holy Spirit. Well, that's weird. I mean, don't you think if God, the Holy Spirit were speaking to him, God would be saying, you got to stop twisting my words. You are blaspheming me and making my word void by your heresies. I, I think if God were communicating to him, he would hear something like that. So she starts talking and she's angry and mad and depressed. And she says, I've been to every healing service. I've had every healing person pray for me. and I'm still sick. God doesn't love me. He doesn't want to heal me. I've even had surgeries in the hospital and I'm still sick even after the surgeries. And then she started telling me all of her sicknesses and she kept going and going. I never knew one person could have so much sickness. I mean, she had like the diseases of like 25 people. I mean, she just kept going and going and going and going. I mean, I just had to tell her to I had to tell her to stop. I mean, because as I listened to her, she successfully sucked every ounce of faith out of me. I mean, you can get in this first dimension here and talk on a natural level. And the more you hear someone's problems, you're, you're like, yeah, you start to agree. You're like, oh, yeah, that is bad. Yeah, you are right, lady. You are probably going to die. Goodbye. <laughs> and I, It's true. She sucked all the faith out of me. And all I could do is close my eyes. Now, remember in NAR circles, Matt Sorger is considered to be a very special kind of fellow. He's in a very, very elite group. He's part of Joel's army. He's part of the end times army of people who are supposed to operate in the supernatural as easily as you and I breathe. Uh-huh. Yeah. I just couldn't look at it anymore. Look at her anymore. I just closed my eyes and I said, okay, God, now, now what am I going to do, God? I know me and I know I got no faith in my heart for this lady's healing. <laughs> now I've, I've asked her if I could pray for her. She has resisted. Now she's saying yes. And she's standing in front of me. She stands up, folds her arms and <laughs> she won't even bow her head or close her eyes. I mean, she's looking at me. Go ahead. Pray for me. I just closed my eyes and I start praying in the Holy Spirit. I had to get out of my mind. I had to get out of this mind and into this mind. So I started praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, he said, I got to get out of this mind and get into this mind. You didn't see it because this is a podcast. Um, but he he started with, you have to get out of this mind pointing to his head and get into this mind pointing to his gut where apparently the uh, the anointing burbles out of. Yeah. Hear mm-hmm. it. Let those living waters rise up from my belly. And as I did, I could feel. I could feel. Because again, we learned there's neurons down here and in here. And I could feel from down in here the presence of God rising up on the inside of me. And I could feel lifting. It's like a lifting in the spirit. A, a lifting above all the distraction down here. To the point where I could get clear of this and hear God. And I heard his voice and he spoke to me and he said, she doesn't need healing. Yeah, you, that, again, that's not the voice of God talking to you. You are a braggart and a liar and a deceiver and a false teacher and a false prophet and a heretic. 
And I said, say what? It sure sounds like she needs healing, God. (laughs) She doesn't need healing. He said, she has a spirit of infirmity. Cast it out. See, this is why we need discernment. Because we can be... We do need discernment, by the way. This is most certainly true. But the reason we need discernment is because guys like him are false teachers. And a prayer of faith for healing. And the person doesn't even really need healing. They need deliverance. And we're praying the prayer of faith for healing. And we're not even hitting the mark. So a person gets prayer, 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 prayer. And they're still sick. And they're like, God doesn't want to heal me. So the lady was very frail. Very fragile, very weak. I did not want to get all Pentecostal on her. What was her name again? Do, do you have her medical records? <laughs> yeah, that's the funny thing about these kinds of stories in the charismatic movement. You know, they always seem to be devoid of, like, relevant details like names, medical records, proof. Yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. And you know what I mean. I've been in Pentecostal church. I've been in tent meetings. I've been in revival meetings. I've seen Pentecostal preachers, how they pray for you. Hey, smack. I mean, they smack you right on the head. They give you whiplash. You need healing after they pray for you. I was in one tent meeting where the preacher jumped over the pulpit, did a flying leap down onto the altar and proceeded to bear hug people on the front row and body slam them on the floor. I started in the front row. I ended in the back row. And I put a whole barricade of chairs around me because he was making his way through. And I said, you are not going to body slam me. If the Holy Ghost wants to put me down, he is able to do it. You do not need to throw me on the floor. And when it comes to deliverance, you know, I know how the Pentecostals deliver. They grab your head and they're like, come out! In the name of Jesus! Yeah, this is part stand-up comedy routine here. None of this is biblical exegesis. Foul devil! I mean, you might not even have a devil, but then you got one after they pray for you. Yeah, that part's true. All right, so you know, I have to fast forward just a smidge uh, to the point where he begins with his um, sermon again. So, so far, no bueno. I mean, which biblical text was he preaching from? Apparently Ephesians 1-ish, and the extrapolation that he made was pure sophistry, not exegesis. This is, uh, this is lamentable. Wow. So I want to be gentle with this lady. So I look at her. And I say, lady, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to that devil in you. <laughs> no, I didn't even want to tell her that she had a devil because I could freak her out even more. Even more. I just said, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to that sickness in you. And I knew what I was talking to. So I looked her right in the eyes. She wouldn't even bow her head, nothing. I just said, in the name of Jesus, you sickness. Come out of her now. Power of God hit this lady. 
She went flying back, whew, hit the floor, <laughs> rolled over on her side. Do not tell me Holy Spirit is a gentleman because he is not. This whole notice he didn't say the Holy Spirit. He said Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fascinating. Theology. Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He's gentle. He won't do anything you don't want him to do. That is not true. <laughs> this lady rolled over on her side and began to vomit all the infirmity out of her body. Began to throw up. I mean, I've been in meetings where a whole deliverance anointing hits the whole room. Those are fun. (laughs) Devils just start coming out everywhere. I was in one service. I mean, I've had some fun, some very interesting meetings. (laughs) I was in one service that deliverance anointing hit. I never know when it's going to hit or miracle anointing, prophetic deliverance. Who knows what's going to happen? But this deliverance anointing hit and... The head intercessor of the church was on the front row, and she comes forward. I'll never forget. She's all happy and smiling, and her hands are waving in the air. And she's like, praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. And she comes up to the front, and all of a sudden, she's like, ugh. And her eyes start rolling back in her head, and her tongue starts coming out like a snake. And this devil starts coming out of her. And then all of a sudden, that deliverance had already hit the whole room, and the worship leader starts, man, her, his eyes start rolling back at his head. The sound guy, a demon starts coming out of the sound guy. And I'm like, oh, my Lord Jesus. I'm probably not going to get invited back to this church. Because you don't know, pastors, sometimes you don't know where they're coming from. And I, after the service, I pulled the pastor in the back. I said, Pastor, that was some meeting. He's like, yeah, it was. I'm like, so what'd you think about that? He's like, oh, I'm so happy. I've been trying to get rid of those things for years. That's what he said. (laughs) Makes the pastor's job way easier. Now, a little bit of a note here. I mean, does this make you think more about Jesus or more about Matt Sorger? This ain't, it ain't about Jesus. I mean, this is about Matt Sorger. You know, and you just leave there. So, boy, this guy's really just operating in super-de-duper signs and wonders. And, boy, isn't he special. I bet he glows in the dark, too, you know. Yeah, so this lady, she's on the floor. The sickness is coming out. Then she starts laughing and crying, laughing and crying. And she comes up off the floor and she's laughing under the presence of God. And she says, the pain is all gone. It's all gone. It's all gone out of my body. All of it's gone. I mean, she totally got healed. And she said, not only is the pain gone, but I feel the presence of God. She said, I haven't felt the presence of God for five years. I have felt dead for five years, but I feel God again. Knows how to work a crowd, doesn't he? Yeah. Because that's the only thing that's going on here. He's working the crowd. You see, when you know who's in you and you know who you're in, even someone that's in a pit of depression, that they're in a place where, where they can't even believe God for themselves. God could put that, resurrect, that resurrection power. He could pull that anointing out of you. 
to reach down yeah, to you that. You can just pull that right out of you. you just, it'll bubble up out of your belly, apparently. Person and pull them up into a place of healing and freedom and deliverance. And then you start to have a dangerous shadow. Then I start to have a dangerous shadow. Yeah. How many people do you know who are really spiritually mature who have dangerous shadows? You know, because God's pulling the uh, healing anointing out of them like he did with Peter. Nobody. If somebody were operating like that today for real, we'd all know about it. Yeah, it'd be undeniable. Everywhere you go, 10 feet from you at least, if not more. (laughs) Holy Spirit energy. Not just your natural human heart energy, but Holy Spirit glory just emanating out of you. I've been in, I, I'll never forget. I was in one service where God put like a 25-foot radius of glory around me. So, really? Wow. 25-foot glory radius. <laughs> Sounds impressive. Yeah, yeah, okay. Much fun. I felt like one of the Avengers. I mean, just walking, and it was like this field of God's power around me, and bodies would get blown back through the air. I mean. Really? Yeah, you like one of the Avengers. You walk in, some poor old ladies blown through the air, up against the wall. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's what a glory thing that is from the Holy Spirit. Uh-huh, right. I don't believe any of it. Catchers weren't even in place. <laughs> Resurrection, unlimited power in Christ. That's what we have. That's what you have. Worship team, come on back. All right, got to get the uh, people to start playing music in the background. Cue the sappy music. It's he's called the Mistrels up. How many learned something tonight? I didn't learn nothing. Not from you. I really believe this, and with the open heaven theme, again, I just want to reinforce this truth. I, I don't believe we are trying to get a breakthrough through powers and principalities. I believe Jesus has already defeated them, and now we're just reinforcing what Christ has already done. That's what you think, huh? You know, which biblical text says that we're reinforcing what God, Christ has already done? I'd like to see the passages, please. But I'll say this, as the worship team begins to play, if you want to walk in this realm of authority, this realm of unlimited power in Christ, you can't put a welcome mat. Cue sappy music. This is an emotional manipulation technique designed to create the false impression that God, the Holy Spirit, is descending on the audience to get them to make a decision of one kind or another. Out on your front door to the devil. 
He's been defeated. He has no authority to use his power over you. But if you put a welcome mat at your front door and open your door and say, devil, come on into my life, he will. So, just like with the children of Israel, they put the blood over the doorposts. And when the blood was put over the doorpost, that death angel had to pass over and keep on going. Could not land on their household. Could not land on their families. I believe the same is true for us in the realm of the spirit. Christ is our Passover lamb. Yeah, who is slain. And, yeah, that is... um, yeah, that's pointing to the fact that we don't come under the judgment of God. When we put the blood of Jesus over the doorpost of our lives, the doorpost, the door is the entry point, the windows, the doors, they're the entry point into the home. Spiritually speaking of you, what are the doorways? Your eyes, your ears. I'm going to lose it. Yeah, talk about missing the whole point of biblical texts. What you look at, what you listen to, what you talk about, what you entertain. If you willingly open the door, he will come in. But if you keep the door shut and you keep the blood over your life, the devil will have no legal territory or ground to come into your life. What? What, what, what do you mean? The devil will have no legal territory. <laughs> it's the, are attorneys involved now? What are we talking about here? And this is what Jesus said. He said, the devil comes, but he has nothing in me. Jesus was so submitted, so surrendered, so yielded, so filled. The doors were... Yeah, he's God in human flesh, right? Yeah. On his life, the devil had nothing in him. That's so he could because Christ was perfectly sinless and righteous. Not come on to his life. You understand that? And this is the process we're all in. It's called the process of sanctification, where you are constantly yielding yourself to God, resisting the devil, and he is fleeing your life. Yeah, what you've been describing is not sanctification. Because you're submitting your life to God. You're beginning to walk in the Spirit. You're beginning to make right choices. You're beginning to make godly choices. You're hiding his word in your heart. You're getting filled with the spirit. You're developing intimacy with God. You're strengthening your inner man. The blood of Jesus is over the entry points of your life. None of this will actually lead to true biblical sanctification and maturity or imitation of Christ. And I believe when you are progressing and moving into that and walking in that, the level of authority that you walk in goes higher and higher and higher and higher. And there are levels of anointing, levels of power, levels. I believe the deeper you submit, the higher you go. Yeah, the deeper you submit, the higher you go. Again, biblical text, please, for any of these concepts, would like to see you teach it from the Bible, in context, without twisting or claiming direct revelation. This is the spirit realm. And the spirit realm is very real. You might not see it with your physical eyes, but it is there and it is real. 
And here's the reality of this. As I'm closing now for the second time or third time, I repent for lying. Here's the reality of it. There's a spirit realm all around you. You might not always see them, but they see you. And here's the reality. The life that you think is in secret, the life you think is in private, isn't. There's a whole world seeing it. So you can't be going casting the devil out of someone if that devil's in you. It's true. You got to shut the door on the face of the devil, kick him out of your life, and be the person God has called you to be. Be who he's called you to be. Do what he's called you to do. Kick the devil out. Shut the door. Put the blood of Jesus on your life. Because he has no authority over you unless you give it to him. Don't give it to him. Don't give it to him. Take it back. Come on now. Rise up in your spirit, man. Say, it's a new day. I'm moving forward. I'm not getting stuck back here. I'm moving forward. I'm not getting stuck in the same old thing. I'm not getting stuck in the same old pattern. I'm not getting stuck in the same old emotion. I'm not getting stuck. I got power. And the irony is everybody there is stuck. Yeah. Stuck in the quagmire of false doctrine and false teaching, false signs, false wonders, and the delusion of God sent on those who do not love the truth. In me, I got the power of the Holy Ghost in me. Me, me, so, me, 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 me. Mm-hmm. Scriptures are about Christ. Move forward to make right choices, to live in the Spirit, to have joy, to have power, to have victory. You're not stuck. In Jesus' name, you're unstuck. And there you go. That's the Matt Sorger sermon, Living from the Third Heaven. And uh, that was a whole lot of nothing. Yeah, literally nothing. That I mean, there was nothing there that was biblical. There was no call for repentance, no proclamation of Christ and him crucified for the forgiveness of sins bearing fruit in keeping with repentance or anything that even remotely looks like, you know, biblical teaching or doctrine. And the one time he touched a biblical text, utterly mangled it. It, um, yeah, it was embarrassingly bad as far as how bad he mangled it. And everybody there was giving him the applause lines and all the things that he was wanting. And boy, we sure did hear a lot about Matt Sorger. Nothing about what scripture teaches for real yep that seems to be par for the course nowadays so what'd you think love to get your feedback if you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of fighting for the faith you can do so my email address is talkback at fightingforthefaith.com or you can subscribe on facebook facebook.com forward slash pirate christian follow me on twitter my name there at pirate christian till tomorrow May God richly bless you in the grace and mercy won by Jesus Christ, his vicarious death on the cross for all of your sins. Amen.